Hello and welcome to Food Focus, where we seek to discuss, challenge, and learn about topical issues related to food. My name is Mike Von Masso. I'm a faculty member in the Department of Food, Agriculture, and Resource Economics. And frankly, I'm just curious about food, and that's led me to starting this podcast. Today's episode, I talked to Vijay Nair, who's the uh, executive chef at Hospitality Services here at the University of Guelph. And I thought it'd be interesting to have a conversation with VJ because, A, I'm curious about how they think about what to bring, how they execute, and how they serve a group as large as they do. I think in the podcast, you'll hear him say they prepare something like 25,000 meals a day, and that's remarkable. And so it's just cool to hear. I also think that uh, food service is increasingly important in shaping our food decisions and in shaping how we think about food and in shaping how we decide what food to buy. And so this is another form of food service that many of us don't think about, but is profoundly important in the life of particularly students who are away from home in first year living in residence often and in subsequent years living off campus, but still buying some of their food on campus. And it becomes really an important factor in shaping how they make choices, what they try, how they try it, and an indication of how they are thinking about food too. So, no further ado, let's get on with the conversation with DJ. So, VJ, thank you for taking the time. I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about hospitality services here at the University of Guelph because really, this must be a completely different experience for most people in the culinary area. It's a bit of a different experience, isn't it? Yes, uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I mean, uh, institutional catering is kind of set aside from mainstream catering. Uh, uh, but of late, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of things that uh, I think we've mimicked uh, what the mainstream industry and what the big name chefs uh, in, the, in the industry have been doing. And the food served in um, residence dining or university campuses is as uh, comparable to what you would have in any hotel or restaurant anywhere in the cities, right? Well, I'm not sure that that's true everywhere, but I think yeah. given that I've eaten here, I think it's probably true here. And Guelph really is known for having excellent food. It's something that they advertise. It's something that sort of differentiates. And I expect uh, you get some of the credit for that anyway. What are the keys to feeding this many people effectively and well and doing it in a way that makes them happy? Yeah, that's, and I mean, we, 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 are, we are really proud of the fact that our students come back and tell us they're they love the food, and one of the things they come back to, and uh, one of the things they choose well, is because they love the food here. So uh, that's that's great compliment coming from the students. I think the key to us being able to do well is that we have a very good team. There's no question. It's a big group that takes a lot of ownership, and and they're quite dedicated and uh, and uh, take a lot of pride in doing the things the, as best as we can. The operation is quite substantial, so without question. Uh, like any big operation, and there's a lot of organization, uh, there's a lot of planning, staffing and procurement and equipment, marketing, facilities, and of course, all the administrative support. But uh, other than the team and all the other stuff that any big operation has, the biggest thing I believe is that we listen to our, our students and the university community. We meet with, there's a committee called the Hospitality Student Advisory Committee. Uh, we meet with them every two weeks listen to all that they have to say. I know they are they represent the resident students and the grad students and the off-campus students and the university community as well. And then uh, we try to do what they what they ask for and then we listen to them and 
hate to do that man and that that's that's that is key i believe we learn every day we are we take you from our performance every week we uh, we compare and uh, evaluate what we're doing and uh, we make those changes that we need to uh, consistently and that helps quite a bit and finally i think there's a lot of attention given to the fine details i would say uh, we we still make a lot of things from scratch we procure uh, local products whenever available we partner with local uh, local farmers and local uh, local businesses quite a bit we try and source ontario as much as we can we have uh, things like we are opening a certain unit at a certain time to cater to a certain group of students uh, or you know certain dishes at certain you know exam time they like uh, comfort food and there, there are a lot of bits and pieces that uh, fall into the big uh, into the big picture all, i think all those things add up to the students being happy and i think that's what we are here for we just want to make sure they're uh, they're taken care of and it's interesting because many campuses don't have internal sort of ownership that's of, right. of yes. food service and mm-hmm. it gets contracted out yeah. and there are probably strengths and weaknesses of, yeah. of both approaches yeah, yeah, yeah. and i expect like most institutional or even other restaurants you you have to watch costs and yes. all of those sorts of things yes. but you are really focused on on sort of adding value and and creating a positive and healthy eating experience yes totally i think our our mandate obviously is to uh, is to serve the students and the university community so it's interesting in an organization of this scale how many people do you feed in a day yeah uh, we have 23 locations on campus including all the franchises and all the coffee shops uh, we have seven production kitchens where we have cooks at the station and where food is cooked from scratch so we have 4500 students in residence 12 to 14000 who commute in and out of campus and about 3500 to 4000 employees so we are looking at about twenty to twenty-five thousand meals a day on any given day, and that is not only coffee services and catering operations that we have as well. So it is quite substantial, and it's varied too, right? Yes. I mean, one of the things that, and, and I'm a regular customer, so my card's on the table. I can come here to the university center and get everything from a sandwich yeah. to sushi. To my favorite place, which I expect you had a role in starting, is the infusion where I can get curries and other spicy options, and even the vegetarian place as well. So, so you're not making twenty five thousand. You know, when I went to undergrad at a university that shall not be named, you know, you could go and you had two or three choices at the at the cafeteria in residence. You had two or three choices of of what they were serving that day. And the biggest choice you had was which flavor of, of jello you wanted to have. <laughs> and so that range is remarkable. Yeah, I think um, all our the major residents dining units are, uh, so these, uh, out of the seven, five of them are quite big. And, uh, and like you rightly said, we have you know people who like chicken fingers and you know if you just want a burger and fries, we have that and you know we have meats that are smoked in house or you know tofu that's been smoked and uh, pulled in house or yeah so it's it's it's, it's quite a big range uh, just in the center i think there are at least about 17 different shops that you can choose from any day and yeah and then like i said i think we have students who are living on campus for eight months and then we have uh, the university community that go in and out of our dining units on a daily basis I think it is critical that we we have the variety to keep our clientele interested, and I think the team pushes up quite a bit to make sure there's there's this constant choice that is offered to our clientele to make sure that you know they're interested, they come back again and again, and uh, push to make sure it tastes good, the flavors are right, and 
quite a few of our cooks are sent out for training in different aspects to make sure they learn and then they can come back and use their skills to better foot across campus. I know before we before we started recording, yeah. we, we, we spoke about you spent some time on cruise ships, you spent some time in large hotels yes. feeding, mm-hmm. feeding big groups. How is feeding students different? Or is it? I mean, that's, that's, that's a fair answer too. I think of late I've seen that, you know, uh, I don't know about way back, uh, even having worked at McMaster in 2005 to 2007, the, the generations that we are feeding these days in the university, I think they are, they are very aware of what they want. Yeah. Uh, you know, they are, they are much more educated uh, about or, or, or rather aware about what is good and uh, what are flavors and what are tastes and different ethnic choices. I think they have come up in a generation where they've grown up with people from a lot all different ethnic backgrounds or communities and they are well aware. And that's, that's a good thing for us to have because it pushes us to do, do more. And feeding them, the clientele on, on, on a ship or, or in hotels obviously is uh, is different. You know, here we here they are living on campus and we just want to make, I mean, a lot of the times I think it, it's comparisons are made about, oh, we just have to feed them whatever and they're okay. I don't think we look at it that way. We want to make sure we, we do it right. We do our research to make sure we follow the right process. If it's, uh, if it's an ethnic dish, we try to, to learn about it and do the things the best we can. And then, yeah. Do you think ethnic dishes are catering to those specific ethnicities or do you think we're just exposing students and staff to a broader range of choices just like they have if you were going to go downtown Guelph or downtown Toronto and go out for dinner? Is it to cater to a specific demographic or is it to expose them to a broader range of choice? Yeah, I I don't think it's to cater to a specific demographic. I think from all the surveys that we do with students and like I said, the uh, the Student Advisory Committee constantly gives us feedback after, and, and I think students love choice and love variety. And uh, anytime we we use all all these different ethnic dishes all over campus, it, it doesn't matter whether you know if you do an Indian curry, it's just going to be students with an Indian background who come in. No, it's it's any, anybody and, and everybody would uh, try these dishes, right? I think it's they're open to try all these things, and, and that, that's a good thing. So. Well, and, and I think it, my wife would probably argue that it's a bad thing because I less tempted to bring my lunch every day and it's so easy to default to, I'm not going to take my lunch today because it's easy to find something and as I said before I think you know infusion is probably my favorite place on That's campus nice. and you know the butter chicken and several of the of the curries are just outstanding and so I have a hard time staying motivated to bring to bring in my lunch and I think I talk to other people about it and there is a combination of finding something that you like but also I think Partly, and this is why I think it's maybe interesting for students, and maybe I'm idealizing it a little bit, but exposing them to a yeah. broader range yeah, of yeah, things yeah, yeah. so that they take some chances and, yeah. and have some experiences that they might not otherwise have had. And that's part of the broader experience yeah. of being away yeah, from yeah. home. So I really like that. You said you have your committee and that you survey students. What are some of the key changes you see in what students and staff are looking for or expecting? Like, are there sort of different food types or is there more variety or, or what are you seeing in the time that you've been around? Yeah, I think variety without question is, uh, is the number one thing. I think any committees that we sit with or any feedback that we've gotten from students all point to that. I think, like I said, they it's the Instagram generation. They see their friends in other campuses or, you know, when they go on trips, having show pictures of food and all that. And I think uh, they, they sharing what they have here is probably one of the one of the ways they get connected, I think, 
yeah, variety is number one for us. And again, like I said, because they live here eight months on campus and even the community, they have been here and they a lot of them come into our, our dining rooms every day. And uh, I don't think uh, serving the same chicken or the same salad for uh, five days a week for four months or eight months is just it's just not going to cut it right. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think we'll get even, 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 I would personally get bored if yeah. I walk down to the food court and see the same yeah. salad for three days in a row. So. Yeah, and that is why I think the push is to make sure we do we constantly constantly change menus and tweak menus and uh, do a lot of features and all the all the units. Though we have a regular fixed menu rotation and just a genuine day cycle, I think every unit in every kitchen does uh, features on and above that, and that is why uh, there's a good mix all the time in, in all the dining halls. Other than that, I think we talk about vegetarian food. Uh, even in the in the few years that I've been here, it is very very noticeable. The the demand for vegetarian food has grown up quite substantially. And uh, Nature's Best is what our shops on campus call. And I think yeah. uh, we do from eight years ago when we were doing simple stews or, yeah. or, or, or you know, simple baked quiches or whatever. Yeah. I think we've come a long way in doing a tremendous variety of vegetarian dishes. It's, it's great when we, have, when we get feedback from uh, people who would come in and who are really not vegetarians who would come and say, you know what, hey, I would never have tried it, but, uh, you know, it makes me go and want to eat vegetarian every day. Right? Well, well, it's interesting. It's interesting, Vijay. And I, and I think that this is a significant trend that we're seeing outside yeah. of universities yeah. yes. is yes. that there's a small core of people who are committed vegetarians yeah. or vegans. And I would argue that that's probably smaller than we've done some surveys that and sort of roughly half of people who declared themselves vegetarians say, well, I eat meat occasionally. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. But I think there's lots of people like me who remain committed omnivores, but are not only open, but eager to try yeah, yeah. different foods. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, uh, a week or two ago, I had a black bean burrito downstairs, yeah. which is, you know, not your standard sort of afterthought vegetarian yeah, meal yeah, that many yeah, restaurants yeah, yeah, would have. Yeah, yeah. That was outstanding. Yeah. And so giving people a choice and understanding that these aren't necessarily only vegetarians, but this is good food where the protein comes from a plant-based source rather than an animal source. That's right, yeah. I think that was uh, one of the key things. So early 2018, we had a training for all our cooks by a group called Forward Food. And uh, the chef from Forward Food was here. We trained about 30 of our cooks in a two-day workshop. And it was just vegetarian and vegan uh, and all plant-based. Uh, it was an excellent opportunity for our cooks to see that as well because uh, not many, not all of them are vegetarians, right? I think... Yeah. Um, and the focus is on doing such a big variety and, and, and making sure it tastes good and, and use the right techniques to make sure tofu tastes good or use the right methods to use, you know, simple edamame or, or, or a butter squash so that tastes good. So it was, it was a good exposure, good, good, good two days. I think we've seen, seen a, in a, in a big improvement in how even our cooks perceive vegetarian food. And, and there's, a, there's a lot of effort. From the cooks and our the kitchen side to make sure you know what it is not just a basic baked tea. It's thinking differently. Yes, right. It's, 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 it's thinking, it's def- it's thinking totally, differently. Totally, and totally. It, it, it never occurred to me that yeah. that you have to change that mindset in people who've been cooking for a long time yeah. or who've been cooking in a certain way yeah. to say think about these flavors differently. Think yes. about these yes. these combinations differently. Yeah. So that that's interesting, and and I expect we'll only continue to see that grow. Yes, uh, totally. I think. The better food that we've served, we have got so much good feedback about the vegetarian food being so good. Uh, I, th- I think the, the people who cook that every day, 
it gives them a you know, uh, you know, the appreciation you know um, gives them a lot of happiness and gives them a lot of pride so uh, it's very noticeable that you know in the next for the next week uh, there are cooks who come up and work how would i try that or how about i try this and then you know we we decide on a menu we tweak the menus up and then you know the next thing goes up and and it's and it also helps us to change and and do newer varieties right so we have we have a big we have a good group of cooks who are from a lot of different backgrounds and i think you know they come up with a lot of new solutions and, and anything that we've tried uh, usually has worked you and i were talking about this before we were recording it's going to be a fun place to work and one of the reasons is that you're different than a restaurant where nobody comes in every day, maybe on cruise ships, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. because such a large proportion, well, even staff who yeah. come regularly yeah. want to see something different, whereas uh, you'd have a much more established non-rotational menu that if you're right. in a restaurant. So That's it's going right. to be an interesting place because you're cooking different things, you're experimenting, you, you've got access to, as you said, all of the seven different production kitchens yes. that are yes. that are focused on different things. It's going to be a fun place to work, too. Yeah, I think it definitely is. It's, uh, you know, the volumes itself is a, it's a, it's a big thing. And um, uh, we have a lot of cooks, you know, a lot of cooks have come in from restaurants and it's an eye-opener for them when they come and see the amount of food that we go through. And again, yeah, it, uh, uh, we treat the menus consistently and we try to cross-train our cooks as well to make sure it doesn't get monotonous doing the same kind of things for a week or two weeks in a row. Uh, and every time we change menus and we change our uh, cross trainer staff around, I think it keeps them on their toes, keeps them interested. I think uh, as much for standard recipes, we also give the cooks a lot of freedom to put their own uh, touch or on, 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 for example, somebody doing curries this week, yeah. there's somebody else doing curries next week. And, you know, there's always a little bit of difference yes. in, in things. and. I think we are fine with it, and it, it, it keeps it interesting. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, what goes on the table, what goes on the on the lines, it, it, it tastes good. It's got good flavor. It's good. Uh, you know, it's fresh and tasty. Then uh, I think that's what that's what uh, counts. I guess yeah, that's good. So my last question, and and you referred to this earlier <laughs> in our conversation, where you talked about the emphasis on local, and that's something that the University of Guelph is is really yeah. known for. And I expect it's a challenge. Yeah. I mean, outside there today, it's not a particularly good, <laughs> yeah, a particularly good growing day. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. the university was closed yesterday. Yeah. Why is it important and, and how do you execute it? Yeah, I think as a department, we've been committed to buying local for quite some time. It is only fitting for us as a department of the University of Guelph to support local farms and support agriculture and, and in any way possible, because uh, who better to do this than us? Um, the university is so involved in agriculture and research and stuff like that, and we are in one of the best growing areas in Ontario. Uh, we have a lot of alumni who are into farming, and mm-hmm. I think it, it all fits into the into the story for, for us for sure. Secondly, I think the area that we are in, and we are we are lucky to be in Wellington County. We have uh, so many good farms and uh, so many uh, lots of farmers, so we can get uh, excellent produce during the during the growing season. We actually go to the Elmira Produce Auction every week right through the year. Yeah. We support about 75 farmers throughout the year to buy local stuff. You know, after uh, September, October, it's very difficult. But then even now, they're, you know, they have a lot of produce that they've harvested in um, in late fall that that is available. We, we make it a point to buy those. We also have relationships with uh, the Muck Research Station in Holland Marsh. Uh, the Simcoe Research Station and 
and we do get quite a bit of produce from them. We have certain farmers in, in Holland Marsh and, and uh, some closer to uh, St. Thomas that we have a relationship with, uh, with Downey Farm. So uh, I think it's, it's good to have all these uh, connections, and connections and to support farmers around. Is it a challenge? Yes. Uh, we, again, I think it, it falls in a big story. You know, we want to do things right. I think it only serves the bigger community and the bigger story uh, to make sure we get stuff locally. And uh, and I think the, the students appreciate when we do that extra, go the extra mile to, to get these things and uh, put them on the menu. And I think it helps in the bigger picture, I believe. So the last thing, I told you the last one yeah. was the last one, but this is a follow-up yeah. question. Yeah. I know uh, that in the basement of Creelman, you have yes. a, a produce yes. prep kitchen mm-hmm. where you'll, in the summer, yeah. when students are here, you will process and preserve or freeze yeah. a lot of local produce that you then feed throughout the year. That's right. So the Creelman Vegetable Processing Facility was built in 2012. Um, the idea was obviously to source uh, or get in uh, a lot of produce in season through June, July, August. Uh, it's a slightly slower for us when the students are not here. So we, again, we try to buy berries in bulk or, or tomatoes or you know, cauliflower or, you know, uh, early in June, we get a thousand pounds of asparagus. So we do process all this, we blast chill, we cook or you know, process, blast chill, backpack them and then put them away for use in, during the school year. So, uh, you know, it's, it's good for us to get these things in season and put them away and create menus to use these uh, during the school year. I think uh, students appreciate that uh, quite a bit. And again, again, we keep the connection with the local community and the local uh, produce. Uh, and I think it sends a, an amazing message to people who are listening that we can eat locally if we choose year-round by doing things like preserving yes. or freezing. Yes, yes. And that we all the nutrients and, and it's still healthy and people often sort of have this connotation of frozen food and the frozen food section of the retail store but it, it's it's healthy it's, it's absolutely, it's, absolutely. And, and it's because it's harvested in season it's often more affordable than yeah. five dollar asparagus totally. uh, five dollar <laughs> broccoli in the <laughs> winter time and totally things. totally i think it i think it's it's you know we just have a plan for it you know we we get the right product the right season process it put it away and i think Applied for uh, for dishes that can take a frozen vegetable or a frozen asparagus or a, or a, yeah yeah or I mean, the textures right. are different and exactly, like that. exactly. You, you still yeah. have, you still maintain the quality but yeah. texture may be different exactly all of those sorts. exactly well VJ I really appreciate you taking the time to have this chat with me I I find as you know I come bug you regularly yes. I find I find this fascinating that the the scale of production and the variety of production that you guys do here. And, and I think you guys do an excellent job. And I'm sure people will have been interested in hearing about some of the things that you guys do. So thank you very much. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. I'd like to thank Molly Gallant for producing the podcast and Zachary Von Masso for the music that breaks up the introduction and in the actual discussion. And I encourage you, if you're interested, to look up some of our other episodes, stay in touch. You can find them at foodfocuswealth.ca, which is a a website that includes not only the podcast, but a blog and other topics of interest in food. You can pick up other episodes of the podcast there, as well as iTunes and other places that you find podcasts. I hope you will come back and listen again.